So our wisdom in marriage, again, at the beginning of 2020, I felt like God spoke to my heart, reading through the book of James, uh, just uh, what wisdom would look like. And uh, again, if you want, you can go on to the ccsouthbay.org, go onto the website, and if you go and find the marriage ministry page on the marriage ministry page, You'll find the first four sessions of this if you want to go back and and um, watch that or look at that and stuff. It's all on there now. We actually came back and re-videoed it and they asked us to continue doing video. So we're kind of doing that right now. Um, so with, with that. But uh, uh, again, uh, as I was going through there again in the chapter one of James, you know, James says, hey, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives it liberally. God wants to give us that wisdom. And that's a prayer that I pray every time I open my Bible, every time I, I go to teach. It's a prayer, I, a prayer I pray for everyone I usually pray over because most people are kind of like, yeah, just not sure what and what is it that God wants for me. And so I, to me, it's always like God wants wisdom. And I believe that. But then as you read through again, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. Uh, but the wrath of man never produces the righteousness of God. And we kind of talked about that uh, at the first little intro of this, how my getting mad or frustrated will never bring about the righteousness of God within my marriage, within our lives and stuff. So if wisdom would say it doesn't bring about God's righteousness, it doesn't bring about the things of God, then why do I continue doing that? And that's something we need to really, really be careful for. But then when you get into chapter three, again, from verse 13 on, and I'll just read this, it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, don't boast against, don't boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, essential, is demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion, every evil thing are. But the wisdom, verse 17, and this is the verse that we've been looking at. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And we've been going through and looking at every single one of these little, ver little, little things there in verse 17. And I kind of talked about how these, little, these words are like trellises. And trellises are things that you build so that the vine can go up, the vine can go across, and it can produce fruit, and the fruit won't be ruined. And within each one of our lives, again, these, these trellises like an athlete who conditions himself and puts things into practice so that he could be a better athlete. And in a sense for us, every one of these little words here are trellises. They're tools that we can put in our toolbox, but again, you can have the tool in your toolbox intellectually, but if you're not putting it into practice, James would say it's doing no good. And these are all things that God wants to use within our lives. And I, and I really I loved every single one of them. As we began that, again, the wisdom is first pure. And that word first was in time and place and order. And as we began our wisdom list, this one has been placed there by James with a purpose. It's extremely important. It's like James is going to say, hey, listen, guys, if you don't get this one right, the rest of them aren't going to really help you. You need to get this one right. First, it's pure. 
pure. Pure means being free of contamination, defilement. It refers to spiritual integrity, moral sincerity. And it's this. It's understanding that we are sinners in need of a Savior. That's why God sent His Son to wash us, to cleanse us, that we might be able to come into a right relationship with Him. Wisdom in marriage means I understand that I need Jesus Christ to make me clean. I need Jesus Christ to make me pure. And it should be seen within my life. The Greeks use this word, and I love this. They, the Greeks use this word of a cleansing ceremony whereby a worshiper was made pure and worthy enough to approach the gods. Listen, you and I in and of ourselves, uh, we're, we're sinners. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And, and sinful man cannot stand in the presence of a holy, righteous God. God will not allow us in his presence. We cannot stand before a holy, righteous God. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because the blood washes and cleanses us, now we can enter boldly into the throne room of grace and have that intimate relationship with God that God desires to have with us. People, first, it's pure. We need to be in a right relationship with God. Um, and that's where it starts. Now, once we're in a right relationship with God, We've trusted in Jesus Christ. He's washed us, he's cleansed us. We've confessed what he says about us is true. We're sinners in need of a savior. Now we can move on. The next thing we looked at was peaceable and that's calm, friendly, peace loving, getting along with others, diplomatic. I love this one, harmonious relationship between, inclined to avoid conflict or aggression. Again, God has called us to peace, to desire that harmonious relationship between you and your spouse, to avoid conflict. Again, the Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts and in your homes. We need to be people of wisdom. And as much as possible, as much as depends on us, live peaceably with the person we're married to, as well as those around us. And then it moved from peaceable to gentle. And gentle was fair, courteous, considerate, having or showing a mild, kind, or tender temperament or character, free from harshness, sternness, or violence. It has a reference especially to disposition and behavior. It, it suggests a deliberate or voluntary kindness or forbearance in dealing with others. I love this. It's deliberate and voluntary kindness. Deliberately, we choose. Voluntarily, we choose to be kind, to be gentle to our spouse. And then the next little trellis that we looked at was willing to yield. Willing, that word willing means uh, ready and eager and prepared to do something. When the, with the men, I, we talked about, uh, one of the other words was it said, uh, the, like that, was, that this word meant was in the mood. And again, and I love that because are we in the mood? What are we in the mood for? Are we in the mood to lay down our lives? Are we in the mood to lay, uh, to wash our wife's feet? Are we in the mood to love her unconditionally? Are we in the mood to do what God is asking? Willing to yield. And the yield is to give way in arguments, demands, or pressures. To give right away, uh, uh, like in traffic. In a sense, we talked about um, when we're unwilling to yield, this is what happens. And this is what often happens within our marriages because we're unwilling to yield. But when we're willing to yield, it's like we're okay. Go ahead. You know, we're giving right of way. And then we get to our next word, which is where we begin tonight with 
full of mercy. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. It is full of mercy. Mercy, compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or to harm. Again, the biblical definition is holding back what we deserve. What I deserve because I'm a sinner is eternal punishment. What I deserve is hell, outer darkness, wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's what Pat deserves because I've sinned. But God, who's rich in mercy, he doesn't give me, he holds back what I deserve and he gives me what I don't deserve and that's grace. That's forgiveness and hope and peace and life through him. Full of mercy, the believer who's full of mercy evidences his saving faith and transformed life not only by forgiving those who've wronged him, but by reaching out to help in whatever ways are needed. Another guy says this, full of mercy is ready to pass by a transgression and to grant forgiveness to those who offend and performing every possible act of kindness. Another guy said, merciful, dispossessed to show compassion to others. This is one of the results of the wisdom that is from above. It makes us like God who is the father of mercy. So we'll begin with the ladies as we do. So okay. take it away. Okay. Well, I just find it very amazing and interesting the times that we live and um, tonight that we would look at this topic full of mercy. Um, this last week in my daily devotionals, um, in Psalm 136, if you have time, you can look at that another time, but it's 26 verses and it has a description of something God has done or a way he has delivered or something that we should be thankful. And every phrase ends for his mercy endures forever or his faithful love endures forever. And I just, I love that picture because we're looking at a topic tonight that when we look at it in God's economy, it endures forever. And with everything that's going on around us out in the world that we face, his mercy endures forever. And that is the difference. You know, we can sit and analyze and have groups and do all kinds of stuff to try to fix problems, but we are only going to kind of scrape the surface unless we get to the root of the problems. And the problem is really our hearts. And we need to experience the God who his mercy endures forever. And I just, I love that because it's so, it simplifies it for us. It, it's not complicated. I don't have to be a theologian or a scholar. His mercy endures forever. So that's what we're gonna look at tonight, full of mercy. I love that it starts off with the phrase full of mercy. And I just wanted to, I said to myself, so I thought I'd say to all of you as women and as wives today, it might be good to ask ourselves, what are we full of? What are you full of today? You know, this word full of, full, in Warren Risby said, he described it like this. He said, to be full of something means to be controlled by. The person who follows God's wisdom is controlled by his mercy. I like that picture. Again, in the times that we live, how desperately men and women in this world need to be controlled by the mercy of God. You know, the word of God says this, be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. That's in Luke 6:36. Be ye therefore merciful. It's a command. It's not just a suggestion. It's not just, hey, you might try this out. It's a command. We're supposed to be just like our dad, just like our father in heaven. Since he is merciful, we're supposed to be the same. And as Pat pointed out, God in his grace 
gives us what we do not deserve. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us a cleansed heart. He offers us eternal life with him forever. And in his mercy, he does not give us what we really do deserve. Just as he said, punishment and damnation. Ephesians 4, 2, uh, excuse me, Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5 says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our sins and our trespasses, he made us alive again together with Christ because it's by grace we have been saved. God is rich in mercy to me all the time. Am I rich in mercy to my spouse, to my husband? Are my actions, my attitudes, the words that come out of my mouth, are they controlled by God's mercy? And if not, what am I full of today? This word mercy, the definition says to be full of compassion, both human and divine, especially active and tender. On the divine side of mercy, God's mercy is extended to each one of us to alleviate the consequences of our sins. Titus 3 verses 4 and 5 says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. So God has proven his mercy. He saved us. He forgave us our sins. He was willing and able to wipe away all the charges that were against us. And we can't do that ourselves. And I don't care what they say on Fox News or CNN. We are not capable of fixing this ourselves. We need the mercy of God to be operating in our lives. Do, um, do we give out that same mercy, that same grace, that same forgiveness to our spouses that's been extended to us? Just as we have freely forgiven, have, have, just as we have freely received of his forgiveness, do we extend that same kind of mercy to our spouse? Again, for us ladies, it's a little heart check. What am I really full of today? On the human side, it said that mercy was especially active and tender. Now, you know, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus describes what this looks like. There's a, it says that there was a self-righteous lawyer that came to Jesus one time, and he wanted to know, who is that neighbor that I'm supposed to be loving? And Jesus tells him a story about a good Samaritan. He says, this good Samaritan, he cared for an injured Jewish stranger that everyone else ignored or, or intentionally avoided. The man gained nothing by helping. In fact, it actually cost him something to help this person. But his action of compassion blessed the heart of God. So Jesus questions this lawyer and he says, so who in this story really showed God's love? And this is what the lawyer answered in Luke 10, 37. And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to the lawyer, go and do likewise. So for us as women, you know, the, the instructions are the same. We are to go and do the same. Just as mercy has been shown to each one of us for our sins, for our faults, for all of our failures, we are to go and do the same. You know, caring for our spouse's needs with God's love and kindness, going above and beyond what, um, what maybe we're asked to do, maybe gaining nothing at all by being kind, but even costing us something like our time, maybe our pride or even our demands, that's what full of mercy looks like for us as women as, and as wives. Remember, this man sitting next to you, the one that you're married to, he is your closest neighbor, the one that we are to show mercy to. But you might say, what if he's wrong? What if he hurt my feelings? What if he doesn't seem to care? We still need to check our hearts and find out, what am I full of today? God's wisdom says that it should be mercy. 
Proverbs 17 verse 9 says this, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. I really love that proverb. I just, it was in, again in my devotions this week, just how timely. Love will prosper when a fault is forgiven. When I'm willing to show mercy, when I'm willing to extend forgiveness, love is going to prosper. How many of us want love to prosper in our marriages, in our relationships? Well, God tells us how to do it. When faults are forgiven, when mercy is extended, love will prosper. A quote that I read said this from George MacDonald, wisdom from above is full of mercy to those who are in the wrong and anxious to help them to find the right way. It is compassionate and kind. There is no vindictiveness in it. Indeed, it rewards discourtesy with benevolence. Now think about that. That's not easy to do, ladies, but that's what mercy is all about. Rewarding discourteous. Maybe your husband is rude to you today. Maybe he didn't say something that was so nice, and yet you can flip it around and be full of God's mercy and reward that, even though they don't deserve a reward, maybe at that moment, with benevolence, with goodness, with kindness, and watch and see what God will do. Matthew 5, 7 says this, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. There's reward in it for you. Maybe it doesn't always work out perfectly in that moment, but God sees and he is blessed. You know, the opposite of mercy is unforgiveness and vindictiveness. And that meant like being holding a grudge, being revengeful. So if there's unforgiveness or if I'm holding a grudge, if there's this desire for revenge or I'm going to show him in my heart, then I'm not walking in godly wisdom and I'm not full of mercy. And if I find myself in that place, there is hope. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. When I find myself and my attitude in that place, run to Jesus and have him cleanse my heart so that I can begin to walk in wisdom and allow him to fill me with his mercy. Another quote that I read says that this wisdom is full of mercy it does not judge others strictly on the basis of the law, but will extend a generous handful of mercy. It knows the same measure of mercy we grant to others is the measure God will use with us. Again, so see there's a reward system here. And yet, instead of always pointing out everything that's wrong, and this is, you said you're going to do this, and this, and this, and this. God's mercy, when I am full of mercy, it says that I will extend a full hand of mercy. I like that. Not just a little bit, and not just if he responds the right way, but a full hand of mercy. Because I know that the mercy I show to Pat, God is going to reward me and extend the same kind of mercy to my heart. And how do I know that? Because James 2.13 says so. For judgment is without mercy to, to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I like that. I kind of don't like the beginning because that's a little scary. Judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. God loves to extend mercy far more than he loves to execute judgment. How about me with my spouse? Do I love to extend mercy or am I a little stingy in that area? Since James 2.13 tells us that kindness and mercy win over harsh judgment every time, 
I want to stand on the side of winning. I want to be on the side of mercy. You know, it's win-win for us as ladies. When we choose mercy and godly wisdom, that makes our husbands happy and blessed as they experience God's loving kindness through us and prevailing in our relationships. And the Lord is pleased with us as we allow him to fill us with his spirit and his love for other people. Why would I want to be filled with anything else? Look around at the world that we're experiencing. Do you see many people filled with wisdom and with kindness and with mercy and love? I don't. I see a lot of anger and hate and retaliation and vengeance. And yet, I don't want to be in that place. I want to walk in wisdom and be full of God's mercy. <clears throat> Again, tonight, we, we just keep asking ourselves, what am I full of? One version said this. It said, overflowing with mercy. And that word, I like that word, overflowing. It means spilling over, gushing out. That's how much mercy should be in my heart towards my spouse and towards other people. You know, if I had a cup of coffee or tea sitting here and I knocked it a little, it's going to spill out or spill over. That's why I don't keep a cup here because I probably would do that. And you know, that's the same for me and for you. When life bumps us a little, or maybe our poor little spouse bumps us a little, once in a while, not always, Whatever I'm full of is going to spill out. Will it be an ugly spill of flesh, unforgiveness, anger, criticalness, pride, losing my temper, or will it be God's gracious mercy and love overflowing from my heart? We can't control if and when we might get bumped in life, but we can control what we're full of and consequently what's gonna spill out when we do get bumped. So let's be wives that are filled with God's spirit and walking in his wisdom. Then we know what the results are gonna look like. We'll be women that are full of mercy, God's faithful, loving kindness from above. Amen, I'm convicted, okay. <laughs> again, guys, um, as we stop and ponder this I, again, uh, I, I love the quote that I read that said, ready to pass by a transgression and to grant forgiveness to those who offend, and then performing acts of kindness after that. That's a lot for us to ponder. It's a lot for us to consider. Paul tells the Galatians, brethren, if a man or your wife is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. When it comes to forgiveness, Jesus tells us again, that if we don't forgive, then our Heavenly Father is not going to forgive us. Um, mercy is so desperately needed within our lives. Mercy is desperately needed within our marriages. Mercy is really what God is all about. You know, again, when Moses wanted to see who God was, to understand God's character, God took Moses and hid him in the cleft of the rock and passed by. And then it says, God proclaimed who he was. God explained to Moses his character. And this is what he said. He said, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. But I love this because the first attribute about who God is that God proclaims is that he is merciful. Again, as Mary shared, Paul there in Ephesians 2, God who is rich in mercy. He is rich in mercy. And again, I love that because if I was to say that I uh, was rich 
It means I have a lot. If I was to say I was poor, it means I don't have much. God is not poor, but he is radically rich. It's endless. It's abundant. It's overflowing in mercy. I used to have a friend and we, whenever we'd get together, he'd always say, hey, Pat, you know what? Forget it. I used all of God's mercy today, man. I, there's none left for you. And then I was, we had always kind of laugh about that. But the reality is, is that I could never outuse God's mercy, even though I think I can. But his mercy is endless for each and for every one of us. Again, and because he's merciful, he's also gracious, he's long-suffering. And yet, we should be the same towards our wife because that's how God is towards us. Again, I don't know about you, but I love the Psalms. They're in the Psalms, Psalms 57. Again, if you're ever going through things, you could read Psalm 27 or 57, and God will, he always speaks to my heart through both of those Psalms. But in Psalms 57, again, one of my favorite songs, David said this, he said, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. From the shelter of your wings, I'm gonna take my refuge until these calamities have passed by. Then he says, I cry out to God most high, to God who hears from above and will answer. And yet then he goes on to say that, uh, he shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. Listen, men, David asked God for mercy and God gave it. If David asks for God's mercy, we need to do the same. We need to ask for God's mercy. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. They shall obtain mercy. And again, we need mercy. We need to ask him. Jesus says, when we show mercy to others, we receive mercy for ourselves. Paul said there in 2 Corinthians 2, uh, verse, chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. He comforts us within our tribulation, that we would be able to comfort those with, with the same comfort we have been comforted with. Showing mercy shows God's comfort to those who are in trouble. Listen, I'm going to say that your wife... She needs to be shown mercy. Uh, she needs to be uh, comforted. And when we show mercy, we will comfort her with the comfort of the Lord by being merciful to him. Micah 6, 8 says this. He has shown the old man what is good and what the Lord requires of you. You know, I love it when people tell me, well, Pat, I just don't know what God wants me to do. And I always take them to hear Micah 6, 8. Yeah, you do. Because the Bible says he has shown me, oh man. Man, he's shown us what it is to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Three things to do justly, simply do what you know is right. Guys, let me give me let me give you a 411. If you're doing something that's bothering your wife, that's probably not right. OK, stop that. Don't do that because like, well, that's what I want to do. Well, if it's not OK with her, the Bible says stop it. We need to do what's right. And what's right by her. So when we're acting in a way that she's like, I'm not okay with that. We need to stop that. We need to simply do what we know is right. Then the second thing is to love mercy. Love what God loves. God is a merciful God. It's like when I drive down the freeway and the police officer pulls me over and, and he says, uh, Mr. Shore, would you please just show down, slow down. He just extended mercy to me. I should have gotten a ticket he extended. I usually drive away from that like all excited and happy and everything. You know, in a sense, we should be showing that mercy to our wives. And then walk humbly with our God. 
Not walking in pride, not walking in arrogance. You know, again, Jesus shows, tells the story of the two guys who went to the temple. You know, one was this, you know, pastor and he, you know, he wouldn't even look at the sinner. But he says, God, you're so glad to have me. And the other guy was just this lowly guy, wouldn't even look up to heaven. But he beat his chest, said, Lord, please be merciful to me. Jesus said, that man went away justified, just as if he had never sinned, because he was walking humbly with his God. And that's what God wants for each and for every one of us. Listen, guys, wisdom in marriage, as James will be talking about, is full of mercy. And are we full of mercy? I love that, what Mary was sharing. What is it that we are full of? Um, His desire is that we would be full of mercy. And again, mercy is for others. Mercy is for holding back maybe what they deserve when something's done wrong and giving them kindness and grace and forgiveness. Men who have the evidence within their lives of a saving faith and a transformed life will be forgiving, will be merciful to those around them, especially to their spouse. Guys, let's be men who are full of mercy. Amen? Amen. Father, we do thank you for your word and the things you've written within your word for us. Pray and ask, Lord, that you would take this word and you would use it within our hearts and lives, God, that we would take another one of these things and we would really build a trellis of that, of us, Lord, saying, I I want to be that. I want wisdom within my life. And if wisdom means that I'll be full of mercy, that I'll be willing and and ready to forgive when wrong is done and, and not just forgive, but How can I help you? How can I help you with the things that are going on with your life uh, to show kindness? Lord, and I pray and ask that you would, for us men, help us to be merciful to our wives, for wives, Lord, to be merciful to their husbands. And that through us coming together, Lord, we would experience that intimacy that you desire of us being one in you, Lord, when we allow your spirit to move and work. So God, do this work in our hearts and our lives. And we do thank you and we praise you for your goodness and for your grace. And we thank you for this time tonight. Thank you, Lord, that for a lot of us, man, we got to come to church and and enjoy some time. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, Lord, flood our hearts with your love and your grace, Lord. Pray and ask again. Keep us safe and watch over us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's couples agree by saying amen. Amen. Amen.